This is a Timmet podcast. This podcast is part of the series On the Marge. The title of this episode is Good Odds. Good Odds. The odds are good, but the goods are odd. Yes, said Lily. I know, it's an old joke. But I can't help thinking about it every time I meet some guy, because it's always so true. I had had this sort of conversation with Lily before. She was bright and interesting, had two master's degrees, and participated in all sorts of outdoors activities. She volunteered for the food bank and won a skidor race last year with her dogs. She was also single. My husband Chuck assured me that while Lily might not be the sort of woman who would turn every male head in the place, she was certainly not the type to frighten men away either. Actually, he said that she was not the sort to turn stomachs either. He can be a bit crude sometimes. I'm not sure he meant what he said as a compliment, but it certainly wasn't an insult. So it was always a mystery to me why Lily was still single. According to Lily, it was all due to the quality of men in Whitehorse. Or, as she put it, the lack of quality in men in Whitehorse. I never really thought about it too much, because Chuck and I were already married when we moved here. I do notice that few men open doors for women, but I don't worry about it too much. Chuck says that when he opens doors for women, people look at him strangely and ask if he's new in town. But Lily's problem, is it really a problem or is it really her problem? Lily's problem runs a lot deeper than that. Every guy I meet seems to have issues. You remember Matt. Well, he was alcoholic, and even though he tried hard to kick it and went to dry out down in Vancouver, he still ended up drunk much of the time. So we split. And there was Eric. I don't know if I ever told you this, but the reason he and I split up was, well, it was just too weird and kinky when it came to sex. He, well, I'll spare you the details, but I was really afraid that he would hurt me. And my neighbor, Klimashevsky, well, (laughs) you know him. Lily, Chuck, and I sat at my kitchen table drinking tea. It was November, the month of snow, and we had the wood stove going. The tink, tink, tink of Lily idly stirring her tea increased its rhythm. Maybe I'm just too picky, she said. Maybe my standards are just too high. I'm getting old, you know. Almost fearfully, Lily looked up. She was in her late thirties. I quit going to bars because all I met there were guys who liked to drink. I do lots of things and meet lots of wonderful guys, but they're all taken. The ones that are left over, well, there are usually good reasons they're left over. Maybe I should just settle for what I can get. I wasn't entirely sure what to say. I didn't think that Lily was asking too much and told her so. In fact, I thought she was being quite open-minded about it all, despite the fact that nothing had worked out. I think you just have to keep looking, Chuck offered, not quite convincingly. I mean, you haven't checked out every single man in Whitehorse. Pretty darn close, replied Lily. It's rare that I meet a guy that either I haven't been out with already or that one of my friends hasn't been out with before, or else he's someone well-known for having, you know, significant issues. Maybe instead of accepting everyone else's definition of significant issues, you should check out the specifics and judge each case on its own merits. I realized that I said this, it all sounded quite textbook and really lame, but it was all I could think of. Well ventured Lily hesitantly. I did meet this guy last week, but 
Oh, Jesus. Oh, come on, I said, Jack, it can't be as bad as all that. Who was it? Oh, you probably know him, replied Lily. In fact, I'm sure you know him. Okay, I said, no more suspense. Who was it? The tink, tink, tink in Lily's teacup stopped. It was, um, Jack McClellan. My mouth hung open and so did Chuck's. Everyone knew Jack McClellan. Jack McClellan, you know, the geologist. Yes, that Jack McClellan, said Lily defensively. Chuck couldn't help himself. Was he a man or a woman? He blurted. Lily winced. He was wearing men's clothing this time. It was at a ballroom dance class for singles. He is really a very good dancing partner. He's so, well, I guess solicitous might be the right word. It was strange. I haven't met a solicitous man for a long time. It felt so good to have a man pay attention to me, really serious attention. We had a great time together, and we agreed to be dancing partners next week, too. And he suggested we go for dinner first. Well, he certainly makes an attractive woman, too, offered Chuck unhelpfully, and glared at me when I elbowed him. But he plunged ahead anyway. Jack was a moderator at the town hall meeting for the last election, down at the Yukon Inn. He speaks well and has a great sense of humor. Great wardrobe, too. Nobody seemed to mind that he was dressed as a woman then. He did a great job as moderator. But what makes someone do that? asked Lily. You know, what makes a man dress up in women's clothes? I mean, it's not because he's gay or anything, is it? Well, I don't know too much about it, said Chuck. But it's not about being gay. It's just about, I don't know, being different. Maybe if Mara would let me wear some of her clothes, I'd find it quite titillating. Uh, maybe I should, just for fun. I was not about to let Chuck borrow my clothes, and I said so. I guess I knew he was joking. At least I hope he was joking. But all I could think about was the time I had seen Jack McClellan at the hot springs, wearing a very nice one-piece woman's bathing suit, legs and underarms shaved and bikini waxed. No one he minded until it came time for him to change. The women didn't want him in the women's change room, and the men wouldn't let him in the men's. I don't know what eventually happened, but it was clear to me that this wearing women's clothing wasn't something Jack did just to be funny. It was something deeper than that. It's not as if I'm ultra-feminine myself, observed Lily. I mean, I grew up on a farm in Saskatchewan. I hardly ever wear dresses, and I don't even own any high heels. Jeans and t-shirt, usually, or good slacks and a blouse to work. I don't think I feel threatened or anything. It's just, just weird. Well, yes, it all sounds kind of strange, I said, but it seems fairly harmless from what I know, although it may be inconvenient sometimes, like nobody at the town hall had a problem with it. I didn't mention the time at the hot springs. I was trying to emphasize the positive. And you said he was very solicitous, said Chuck. Maybe you can just go along with it and see where it leads. You can always dump him if it gets too weird. Well, it's not like he's gun crazy, or a druggie, or has four secret wives somewhere like some of the other guys I've met, said Lily. You know someone with four secret wives? I asked in wonder. I was exaggerating, explained Lily, but only a bit. So Lily went out with Jack. She and I didn't see each other much over the next few weeks, although I did know that she and Jack had spent a weekend in Vancouver. It was just before Christmas when we finally had the chance to talk about it. It was the annual Toastmasters Christmas party, where all the Toastmasters groups in Whitehorse got together at the High Country Inn to eat, drink, and make funny speeches. Chuck was in one Toastmaster group, 
and we didn't realize that Jack McClellan was in one of the other groups. We met Jack and Lily at the entrance as we were taking off our coats. He's dressed as a man, hissed Chuck as soon as we were alone. But that wasn't what struck me. Lily had on the cutest little black dress with nylons, a pair of killer shoes, and a lovely pearl necklace. She looked, well, different. She looked lovely. She looked feminine. A new Lily. At the break between supper and the speeches, Lily explained it all to me in the washroom. It's working out great with Jack, she said. Just wonderful. But what about the, um, the, the clothes thing, I asked. Well, it was a bit awkward at first, Lily replied. But then I put my foot down and said if he wanted to continue to see me, he had to quit dressing up in women's clothing. Jack agreed, but on one condition. I had to agree that I would let him help me build my wardrobe and that I would dress up when we went out. She twirled around in front of me, admiring herself in the washroom mirror. I caught her as she stumbled. <laughs> Damn shoes, she said. It's taking me a while to get used to these heels. But don't I look great? She looked wonderful indeed, and I told her so. I'd have to check with Chuck, but I think Lily had graduated to the stage of turning male heads. And look at my underwear, exclaimed Lily, showing me. It's real silk. I didn't know they made stuff like this. It feels so slick against my skin. I've, I've never felt anything like this before. It was also very fancy and very expensive. Where did you find that? I asked. Surely not in Whitehorse. No, in Vancouver. Jack knows all the best places to get wonderful women's clothes and lingerie. We went to some really fascinating stores. Places you could never imagine. Well, well places I'd never imagined anyway. It was also new for me. And Jack really had a lot of fun. He likes dressing me up and, well, undressing me. Uh, <laughs> they blushed and we had to hurry. The speeches were starting. Jack did an outstanding job as MC. It's true, he was very charming and solicitous, holding Lily's chair as she sat down, making witty jokes to help everyone feel at ease, helping Lily with her coat, and holding the door for us all. So even when the goods are odd, Sometimes the odds get really good. Lily and Jack are talking about getting married. And you should see the dress that got picked out. This has been a Timmet podcast in a series called On the Marge. Instrumental intro and exit are courtesy of Kate Weeks. If you would like more of these podcasts, check out the podcast website at timmet.ca slash podcasts. That's T-I-M-M-I-T dot C-A slash podcasts.